Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello, greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome, all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher, and I'm a Dynasty Freak. That means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So to you, so let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 257 as we head to the Super Bowl. Just a little uh, background here. Normally, uh, what I do on Monday afternoons is do a lot more research and diving into uh, the, the, the games that I watched as well as just some of the analytics and some of the statistics and things like that when I produce this podcast, really write it out pretty meticulously. These next two weeks, though, given uh, the holidays, Christmas season and New Year's season where I have family, we went out of town last weekend, uh, missed, missed a, just got back today on Tuesday afternoon, and then we got the same thing happening next weekend when we have family coming to Austin to be with us. So these next two, two, two weeks will be a little bit more spotty, but I did want to put a podcast out more off the cuff than normal. The things that I haven't done a whole lot of research on, but just some general observations from the week. Uh, things that I noticed, things that I was sweating, things that I uh, was excited about or depressed about, as we think from a dynasty perspective. Didn't want to leave it hanging, wanted to keep uh, putting out some podcast, even though admittedly I will say these have been far less researched than I would normally do, which is normally how I spend my Monday afternoons. But this time Monday afternoon was watching uh, all the games while I celebrated Christmas. Next Monday we'll be watching, uh, hanging out with friends on New Year's Day and hopefully watching my Longhorns whoop up on Washington and make it to the national championship. So next two weeks are going to be a little bit crazy, but still wanted to produce something here just to talk about uh, some dynasty because uh, we love it. And hopefully you guys are still, still tuning in. First thing I'll talk about, uh, not that you necessarily care about my teams, but I think when we talk about our teams, we can all get the emotional roller coaster that happens, particularly when you're in the playoffs. You guys know that I am in nine dynasty leagues. I'm uh, very happy to say this year was a good year. Last year was not. This year was a good year. And I'm in four Super Bowls, four out of nine leagues, which is pretty exciting. And three of those nine leagues are complete rebuilds. So you could say four out of the six that I'm actually competing in was able to get to the Super Bowl. And then it was able to as well in one of my redraft leagues. I'm only in two redraft leagues, one with our church and uh, one with my family. And so made the uh, Super Bowl and that too. So pretty fun to have five games I'm going Man, you guys know how it is. Man, when the NFL stretches these games out, where they play that Thursday game, then all these games on Sunday, and then all these three games this year on Christmas Day on Monday, it's just as nerve-wracking because you think you built like a great lead, and then teams come back on you, or vice versa. You felt like your your season's over, you've lost, and all of a sudden your teams just come climbing back, and it sure was a heck of a roller coaster. Um, I enjoyed it. I want to get back to where Christmas is on weekdays and not on the weekends so I can maybe enjoy my family a little bit more than I did. I was conflicted a lot with watching all the games and uh, trying to follow the games, but also be with family. Definitely uh, attention. Maybe you felt that too. I know for me personally, uh, Monday night, that last game between San Francisco and Baltimore, that's what, what my games came down to in two of my leagues. I kind of had a pretty pretty uh, steady win in two of the leagues, but the other two came down to that Monday night, and somehow I thread the needle and won both of those games. Literally on that last second-to-last possession for San Francisco, uh, Christian McCaffrey touchdown or a Debo touchdown would have lost me the game, but instead, Sam Darnold throws that touchdown pass to Ronnie Bell, and then Niners get the ball back one more time but aren't able to score, 
and just narrowly win by just fractions of points. I think three points in one league, maybe five or six in the other. But pretty incredible. I uh, know that you felt it. Hopefully you are on the good end of some of those. That's a pretty bad beat when you're on the bad end of one of those. I know uh, both of my friends that I happen to win on that Monday night game, they're, they're uh, listeners, and I know how crappy that feels to, to lose that way. But mercy. Somehow made it into four of my five leagues that I was in the playoffs this week. The one that I didn't gives me a chance to talk about my opinions on the trade deadline. So I had a very nasty gift on Christmas Eve morning when I woke up on Christmas Eve. Um, or it might have been, no, it was Christmas Eve. Yeah, Christmas Eve morning. I wake up and this league has no trade deadline. You can even trade during during the playoffs. And so I'd already built up about a 38-point lead because of Puka Nakua's performance on Thursday. Heading into Saturday, hopeful that I have a chance, even though I'm, I think I'm definitely predicted to lose in that game. This team's roster is a little bit stronger than mine. And I wake up, and he's traded. It's a very fair trade. It wasn't no collusion or anything like that. He traded a lot of younger players and a ton of draft picks to pick up Jonathan Taylor, A.J. Brown, and Ty Chandler. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so this is a 14-team league where we start 11 players. So I'm just like my worst starter on my league is Robert Woods. <laughs> so I'm literally having to start some scrubs, somewhat due to injuries because I lost Tank Dell and Keenan Allen. But still... I'm starting some scrubs in this type of a depth of a league, and all of a sudden someone adds JT and AJ Brown and and Ty Chandler to their squad. I was not happy with that Christmas Eve present. That was not uh, very happy for me. Um, I'm a big fan of trade deadlines. Uh, I know some people don't like them. I actually like them to be a few weeks out before the season starts. If I'm a commissioner in my league, that's what I push for. But I've got some that let them go all the way to the draft uh, until the playoffs start, and then you got a league like this where you can actually trade during the playoffs. It wasn't an unfair trade. It just stinks when you wake up in the morning and you see the team that you're playing and you have a 38-point lead, just picked up three new starters. Um, I was going to get beat either way. Uh, those players actually didn't have great games this week, and so they weren't a real factor in how I got smashed in that game. But got smashed, and congrats to those two teams. Pretty wild. We've got one team I've never seen this before that's undefeated in that league. They've gone the entire league. And, and what's crazy about this league, too, is uh, some weeks you have double-ups where you're playing two teams at once. And this guy went undefeated through all of it. <laughs> Incredible. And so now the top two teams are going to be facing each other in the playoffs. And the undefeated team has to be a little bit more scared now because he's playing a team that just added these three new starters to their lineup. So it'll be fun to follow that one. Sad that I got knocked out there. Don't like trade. Don't like that you can trade during the playoffs, especially in the middle of a playoff game. But hey, that's the rules for that league, and that manager did what they had to do to get the win and have a chance to beat the undefeated team. So that was what was happening with me. As far as this week, man, it sure was a, a crazy week with lots of huge games from surprise players. T. Higgins, uh, ridiculous game, and, and then uh, George Pickens was was nuts too and on the early games. And then Puka Nakua started everyone off early. And then Mercy, if you happen to face Amari Cooper, I'm sorry. That was a pretty big beatdown and a surprise. I know he was actually uh, play, played against him in one of my leagues, and somehow that was one of the ones that I came back to win on Monday night. Somehow survived the Cooper onslaught. That was ridiculous. So huge big days that were kind of highlighted the up and down nature of of the entire uh, week, strung out you know, you know between those three days. So pretty wild. Uh, hope that you guys made it into some championships in your leagues. And if not, remember, dynasty never ends. Like when you're losing, you're winning. Get ready and start making the moves and doing the things you need to do to get ready for next year. I'll make a couple things that I normally do where I normally 
We'll talk a little bit about a rookie watch. There were a few rookies that, I, that stood out a little bit to me. Uh, Chris Rodriguez and Izzy Evandicanda were the two that stood out to me. Chris Rodriguez, you know, scored a couple times and looked good as the uh, Commanders made a furious attempt to try to come back in that game. That was pretty wild. More on that and Sam Howell in a little bit. But uh, it was good to see him get in there. He's one of the guys that I have rostered and on taxi squads in several of my leagues. Um, it seems like the, the, the I keep wanting to call them the Redskins, the Commanders have completely um, soured on Ant Antonio Gibson. It doesn't really matter. Uh, right away, Rodriguez comes in and gets the gets the bulk of the between the tackles work, cut one pass. Um, nothing really, you know, and super impressive. And I don't think that he's going to beat out Brian Robinson, you know, for the future. Robinson, of course, was having a fantastic fantasy season in his second year. Uh, but Rodriguez, though, is that depth. And we all love depth at running back. And we need to have, hold those handcuffs. And now we're seeing what happens when he goes down. Rodriguez gets the first watch. And so check it out. He might be on someone's waiver wire out there. Uh, he might be a player worth adding, particularly right now during this last week of the season. And then Izzy Vanakanda, he did, didn't do anything great, except that he showed that he really has the, the next role behind uh, Brees Hall. He got nine carries, looked good. I think, I, I think by, the, by the way, Rodriguez had like 5.8 yards per carry. Izzy had 4.8, I believe, this week. And so, um, again, things I would have done more research on, uh, but then the holidays, I'm just going off the cuff here a little bit, but excited. Like one of the things I love to roster is backup running backs on my teams. And if you've got Rodriguez or if you've got Izzy, uh, Vanikanda on your team, uh, they're going to be good backups and worth holding that will help you. Yeah. Maybe they're not ever going to win over the starting job completely. Uh, definitely don't think that in Izzy's case, as you'll hear me talk about Hall in a few minutes. Uh, Rodriguez though, you never know. He could, he could prove something and, and, you know, replace Brian Robinson down the line. I don't think he will. Uh, but both are guys that I noticed this week from the rookie standpoint. And then opposite the rookie man's, uh, rookie watch, as I talk about old man strength, my goodness, the obvious old man strength, again, is to go back to Joe Flacco and Amari Cooper. Unreal. How is it that Flacco comes off the couch and in four games is just flinging it everywhere? I mean, I really think that the, the Browns, they did sign him to a contract this week. I uh, can't remember the details on that contract. Again, something I would have looked up if it wasn't an off-the-cuff podcast, but man, Flacco, <laughs> he really might be better for the team than Deshaun Watson, even at this late stage of his career. And if he carries them into the playoffs like he already has, it looks like they're already in, um, and wins a few games, my goodness, like you've got to ask that question, even though it would have been one of the worst financial mistakes of all time uh, with what the Browns did in signing Watson. Amari Cooper, He's not quite old enough to be old man strength. I usually like to pick players that are 30 years older or, uh, for the old man strength. I don't think that Cooper's 30. Again, something that I would have looked up. But my goodness, I think he's had four 200-yard uh, games with four different teams, which is just nuts. Uh, he's just such a great player, such a great route runner, such a great uh, competitor. I, I love watching Cooper, and I hated watching him this week because he almost led to my demise. Uh, but man, that was amazing. He had more offensive passing, recept 265 receiving yards was more than the entire offense of Houston. Not the passing offense, the entire offense of Houston whom they played against. Unreal. Old man strength. And if I was to do another old man strength, I got to go back to Mike Evans, man. My goodness. He's the number three overall receiver right now in, in fantasy football. Number three in points. Unreal. And he's just doing it with his old man strength in this contract year. Uh, man, Tampa Bay's got some decisions on what they're going to do with Evans because he has been incredible, scoring two touchdowns again this week. Man, he's fun to watch. I remember watching him at A&M, 
And uh, just thinking, of course, I'm a Longhorn fan, so didn't like watching him do well at A&M. But I remember very early on saying, that guy is going to be an awesome NFL receiver. And my goodness, he's done it 10 years in a row now. It's, it's incredible. Old man strength for sure. It's going to be interesting to see what the Buccaneers do during the offseason because Mayfield's on that one-year contract too. And if I was to add him as an old man strength, I would do that too. Uh, man, he's played so great the last couple weeks. He's definitely telling Tampa Bay that they need to re-sign him more on quarterback issues here is my last point during the podcast. But Mayfield's one that I think Tampa Bay has to sign. I wouldn't be surprised if they sign him before the year ends, or at least he'll be one of the first quarterbacks signed uh, in the free agent class because he's doing what they need to do, and they're winning the division. Big game this next week, I think, against New Orleans, uh, which will be fun to see uh, those teams in the uh, NFC South go head-to-head. Really, for whoever's going to win the division, is probably going to come after that game. Next, we'll talk about the I was right and the I was wrong. I always like to brag when I'm right, but also want to be uh, deprecating when I'm wrong. And I kind of could have gone through the list here, but when I'm kind of nearing the year end here, I just want to say that I was right on Puka Nakua. My goodness, I've got him in six of my nine leagues, or no, five of my nine leagues. And so, uh, so sad that I missed out on him on others. I was way higher on him, so I was able to pick him up in so many. And my goodness, he has just gone gone nuts. He's, he's just been such a great rookie year. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who they give the Rookie of the Year award, but after his performance on Thursday night, he's got to be in consideration, even though it usually goes to a quarterback. Puka has been ridiculous. If you were following me all during the offseason, he's a player that I talked up as a sleeper, 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 and uh, man, he's become way more than that. I think about him in like one of my uh, one of my leagues is a is a auction league, an auction rookie draft, and so he was one that I just made constant little low bids on, and I got for cheap, and now it's unreal that I got him. Another one of my leagues, I picked him up after. It was a four-round rookie draft, and I picked him up in free agency in the offseason before, right after the rookie draft when we could pick up free agents. And so, super sleeper. That's so glad to have him on my teams. Next guy would be Chris Olave. If you followed me a couple years ago, I was real high on Chris Olave. Man, he's proven it. One of my playoff teams that just blew everyone out was that Thursday night game, and we had Puka Nakua and Chris Olave on our roster. My buddy Dave and I co-managed that team together and built up a solid, solid lead on Thursday night that we never looked back. That game was never in question after that. So fun to see two of the guys that I really believed in uh, look so great. is going to be uh, fantastic. If he could only get, that t- get more touchdowns, if he get in the end zone more often, he'd be right up there uh, among the top receivers for sure. That's going to change for him in the future. Now, if I'm going to brag about where I was right, I've got four guys that I'm I'm willing to say now that I feel like I'm terribly wrong on. The first is Sam Howell. Uh, Sam Howell I have in four of my leagues, and man, has he looked terrible the last couple weeks. He was kind of doing his best like Jameis Winston um, interpretation this year. Like he would do to some terrible things and fall behind, but he'd come back. And so you loved him from a fantasy standpoint. It didn't matter how many interceptions or sacks he took. It's just he would always come back and, and produce for fantasy. He was infuriating because he wouldn't give it to Terry McLaurin. He wouldn't give it to John Dotson. He was spreading the ball out everywhere else. But I still picked him up, traded for him twice this year, and added him to my rosters. And now that looks like one of my biggest mistakes, especially when I did it in a super flex league. And so uh, getting benched and seeing um, seeing Brissett come in and lead the team to a near comeback against the Jets was just ridiculous. Uh, so sad. I'm so ha- hopeful that Brissett will start next week so that I have some hope of McLaurin getting more touches, even though they're playing the Niners this week. It's going to be a tough matchup, but hopefully Brissett can help McLaurin in the in the two leagues where he'll be playing for me in the playoffs. 
But, uh, man, I have to admit, I think I'm wrong on how uh, they're among the top teams that could draft a quarterback. More on that later. But, geez, um, I was wrong, and I regret trading for him. In fact, in two of the leagues where I have him, I have uh, Justin Herbert as my starter. And I mentioned a couple weeks ago I'm going to start Howell now that Herbert's out. In both of those leagues, I picked up Nick Mullins. And Nick Mullins started for me this week. I knew Howell was going to suck against the Jets. And so Nick Mullins carried two of my teams into the Super Bowl. And he's going to be my starter again this week. Unbelievable. Can't believe it. <laughs> so, so wrong on Howell. Uh, similarly, his teammate, Jahan Dotson, I talked him up just as much as I talked up Chris Olave a couple years ago. And here we are with uh, Dotson on five of my teams and just not being able to do what I thought that he could do. Uh, last year, just played in limited, you know, because of his injuries, just played in limited games, but was a touchdown machine. And I just thought this year he's going to come back and go for it and do the, just prove it. And man, he has not. I traded for him in one other league during mid mid-season this season, thinking I'm going to take a chance because I still believe. And man, so far, he's really proven me wrong. I'm still holding out hope for him. I just want to see the whole environment change there for the commanders. <coughs> Excuse me. Maybe new quarterback. But brutal, 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 brutal uh, how bad he's played. Then I'll go to Miles Sanders, a player that I hyped up for so many years and had on so many teams and then was just renewed in my confidence when he went to Carolina, sure that he would finally get his opportunity. He had the biggest running back contract that was signed this offseason. He was going to do it. And nope, <laughs> he got shut down uh, so much. And I can't believe that Chuba Hubbard is playing this much better than him. Man. So sad to see his dynasty value just die. And I was the one who was completely wrong on him. And then there's Khalil Herbert. Uh, he was a player that I picked up and traded for in a few leagues uh, leading into this season. I was totally confident, even though they drafted Roshan Johnson, I was totally confident that Herbert was going to be their lead back and he was going to be awesome. And then this week, he looks awesome. That's what's frustrating. He looks better than any of the backs have looked in what, the way that he performed this week uh, with over more than 100 yards rushing. It's so frustrating that... They just won't give him the ball like that, and they keep splitting it up. This has definitely been one of the worst backfields to try to monitor and follow them for the Bears this entire year. I, you know, I still believe. I, I watch him, and I'm like, he's better than Deontay Foreman and Roshan Johnson, far better. But they just won't give him the rock. And so I'm very confused by that, and I have to admit that I was wrong, and I regret the trades that I made and don't know what's going to happen to him next year in this super, super muddy uh, situation there. Let's talk a little bit of stock up, stock down, just off the cuff. Uh, stock up, man, uh, Jamar Gibbs, uh, un unreal how, how well that he has played. Like, it is seriously something we have to debate now, whether he or Bijan. Who would you rather have in Dynasty right now? I think I've got uh, Bijan number one and Gibbs number four, but my goodness, like, I'm, I'm really going to reconsider that right now. Uh, he's got more and more and more involved in the offense, and though he's smaller and not your prototypical typical size, he's just electric. And so it's just been so fun to watch stock up even more for Gibbs. I think I need to move him up. And Bijan and him, man, I never got the 101 last year, but I got the 102 in three leagues. And so in 102, I've got Gibbs in all those leagues on my teams, and I'm super thrilled about that. Stock up, too, for Brees Hall. It's taken him a while. He's on a terrible team with a terrible offense right now, but what a game he had this week. He's showing that he is right there in the midst that he's in there with that top tier of running backs with Gibbs and Bijan and Brees Hall. Fun, fun, fun to see him finally bounce back. And Pittman, dynasty managers who were patient, got rewarded with his incredible uh, week this week. Another running back to highlight that stock up would be Zamir White. 
Josh Jacobs is in a uh, contract season, and so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with him. Um, you know, now that now that this uh, franchise tag is is up, Zamir White's finally getting his chance to prove it. And while they ran the ball like crazy, and it took him until pretty late in the game to to run for his 140 something yards that he had, he did, and so he was able to do it. Two weeks in a row, he's looked pretty good, especially this week at the end of that game. And so stock up for Zamir White. Uh, he could be the starter for the Raiders this next year. A couple stock ups, too, for some tight ends. David Njoku, what a tear he's been on. Uh, again, linked to Joe Flacco, but pretty incredible that he's done what he's done and has really moved way up the charts again as a uh, startable tight end and it's done incredible. Same with Cole Kement, stock up for him. He was having a fantastic game with over 100 yards receiving before he got injured. Who knows what would have happened had he been able to keep that uh, pace going in that game. He and Justin Fields just have some uh, great connection. I'm hoping, you'll hear it in a minute, that I hope that Chicago keeps Fields as their quarterback. And man, if they do, he and Kement has something going right now that I think make him a very high rising stock as a tight end. And a little lower grade would be uh, Kylan Granson. Uh, he was uh, the most targeted player, or second most targeted player for Indianapolis this last week. Who knows what it's going to look like when they change from Minshew to Robinson, I mean to uh, Anthony Richardson. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see. But Granson has really held steady and taken the you know starting role for Indianapolis at tight end. He's a player that's on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues, and I've been adding him and dropping him and adding him and dropping him. He's a player that I'm most interested in adding again here near the end of the season. Stock down, I've got a few players. Stock down would be Jonathan Taylor. I mean, he's been given this opportunity and just not taking advantage of it now that he's back healthy. There's, it seems like he should uh, do more. I'm not dropping him like way down, but as Jamar Gibbs and um, Jameer Gibbs and uh, Brees Hall start to show, Bijan's already up there. JT's starting to move a little bit down and a little bit down in my dynasty rankings. I would think I'm going to update them this week and see where he falls. It's not a drastic drop. But his, you know, crazy, huge, big play, almost like Adrian Peterson-like uh, power and explosion and speed that he had a couple of years ago, we've just not yet seen it this year, and that's starting to get concerning. Another play I'm super concerned with and stock down is Stefan Diggs. Man, he's just had a terrible year uh, for his standards, and Buffalo is just not passing the ball enough right now with his new uh, play calling and the way that they're trying to win games. I've got Diggs on one of my playoff teams and I think, actually, I'm actually not going to start him this week. Like, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of, like, five catches for 50 yards, and it keeps happening, keeps happening. I keep putting him in my lineup, and this was the perfect week. I thought about dropping him, but I'm like, no, he's playing the Chargers. Like, the Chargers are reeling. It's it's a it's an indoor stadium. Like, they're going to go nuts. And they didn't. And they didn't again. And so I don't know if I'm going to start him this week when he plays the Patriots. Like, I don't know if I can do it. Uh, St- Stephon Diggs, as all these young receivers are rising up, Diggs is falling uh, further down which is super sad to see. I wish I had traded him earlier when I got a couple offers in that league, uh, the only league where I do have him. Tony Pollard, I think, would also be stocked down. Man, just not taking advantage of those opportunities. So frustrating that he didn't hit that first touchdown on Dallas's first drive when there was a crease that was there. He could even hit the corner and got out, and he just didn't get in the end zone, and then the next play is a fumble. Uh, I can't blame the fumble on Pollard, but he's just not doing enough. He's had so many carries uh, red zone carries, and he just can't punch it in. And so uh, his stock is really just starting to fall in my eyes. Another one of those franchise running backs, which I'll talk about in a minute. And then there's Trevor Lawrence. Uh, his stock is falling. He just just doesn't have it. There's just all these other younger quarterbacks that are starting to perform better than him. And even though he was, you know, 
equal to their talent and the 101 and everything like that. Uh, he's just falling just a little bit and a little bit every single week because he just seems to be kind of mediocre and not getting the job done. Those are some stock down guys. Two last things I'd be curious to talk about. These are a little bit more futuristic conversations that I'm thinking about. All these franchise running backs. I might, again, I'm talking off the cuff here, so I've not done the research, but I'm pretty sure we've got Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard. Uh, we've got um, Saquon Barkley. I feel like there might be one more running back that's in, that signed the franchise tag this year or a moderation of the franchise tag. And so um, we, we're going to have to see you know, what's going to happen with these guys. Uh, most of them have had pretty good years. Like Pollard's not been as good, but Barkley looked good again this week. Josh Jacobs has been awesome when he's been healthy. What's going to happen with these guys? Are they going to sign with other teams? Are they going to come back and take the, the second franchise tag? I want to be really curious, and I really want to hold the backups from all these guys and make sure that they're on my rosters, uh, knowing that the soft season could be kind of tumultuous or things could really be changing. And then similarly, as a last note, I'm just thinking about the quarterback position. There are so many teams that need quarterbacks uh, and they're going to have to make some interesting decisions. The two of them, which are the most interesting, will be Arizona and Chicago. Like, what are they going to do? Are they going to stick with Murray? Uh, even though Arizona's got all these different draft picks where they could draft up, they could, you know, trade up and get. Chicago's got Carolina's picks, so the number one pick they're likely going to have. Are they going to stick with Fields? And my preference, having watched them play this year, is that they stick with the quarterbacks that they have and that they would just sell the farm to get many more picks or players um, or just hold Pat and just draft really solid players that can help their quarterbacks. And so interesting to see what Arizona and Chicago are going to do. Two, I already mentioned uh, Tampa Bay that I feel like they need to sign Baker Mayfield. They're going to do well enough this year that they're not going to be really in the running to get one of these great quarterbacks. Uh, New England's going to be interesting. They've already shown us that they don't like any of their quarterbacks this year. And so I am certain that they are going to be one of the teams that's going to get one of these top quarterbacks in this draft. Sadly, as I already talked about, Howell, Washington, uh, man, uh, Howell, I really wanted him to be the guy and thought that he could, uh, but they're losing and almost feels like intending to lose so they can put themselves in position uh, to draft one of the young quarterbacks. Pittsburgh's in a pretty interesting spot because I think they already announced this week when I was driving home, I think that I saw on Twitter that they announced that Mason Rudolph's going to start again this week. And so good grief, what is that saying about their, their faith and picket? And so they might be in the market even though their record's going to make it a little bit hard for them. And then there's uh, Denver, Russell Wilson. He's just really not getting enough of it done. And so I would not be surprised at all if Sean Payton is interested in the quarterback market too. And so there's a lot of free agent quarterbacks. Most of them have been kind of career backups, but the two I'm most interested in are Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill. I think that they still have some gas in the tank and would be very interested to see them sign with one of these teams I'd particularly love it if Cousins would sign with Atlanta so they can make stinking Atlanta a uh, good team with take advantage of Kyle Pitts and Drake London and B. John Robinson. Like, make this team good by giving them a good quarterback. Ryan Tannehill, I wouldn't be in a surprise, too, if he was to go to Atlanta. He's got the relationship with Arthur, Arthur Smith from Tennessee days. I just think some of these teams just need an upgrade, and there's a couple you know, that are going to come out in the draft. They're going to be really high prospects, probably three or four. They get drafted in the first round, at least three. And then we've got uh, Cousins and Tannehill and Minshew, uh, Drew Locke, and a couple other interesting you know, uh, quarterbacks that are out there too, mostly career backups, but Cousins and Tannehill, I want to see them start for one of these teams, and I'm sure that if they did, they can make them uh, better than they've looked so far, just like Baker Mayfield did uh, with Tampa Bay this year. 
All right, there we go. Some off the cuff, off the cuff uh, comments. That is actually a longer podcast than I expected, and so um, maybe I should do more off the cuff stuff. But I probably got some things factually incorrect during this. Anyway, uh, congrats if you're still in the playoffs. I hope that you are. Thanks so much for following me. That's gonna be fun uh, week for me with five teams in the Super Bowl, one redraft team, and four of my dynasty teams. Should be fun. Can't wait to report back in a similar fashion like this. Won't come out on Tuesday morning, but hopefully sometime on Wednesday or Thursday. And then we'll start talking our off-season talk after that. Go win some championships, all right? That's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's. I'm much better on email than Twitter, so email is the best way to contact me. Dynastyfreaks with two E's at gmail.com. I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast in Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to me. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin.com.